This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings, and I am in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 13th, episode 2597, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. That sounds about right. <laughs> I thought you'd I like that mean, one. <laughs> come on. That one's great. I really don't contribute much except for picking on you. That's really all I do here. Uh, You're going to have to work today. I'm tired, so you better talk horses. Yeah, okay. Um, but I did see your pictures. I know why you're tired. I want to talk about that later in the show uh, because uh, Lucas had, your son, had quite an experience. I know. It was a really fun experience for the whole family, so we'll get to that about being on the airplane Talk with Talk about coolest Daddy. dad in the world right there, man. He can go brag at school about that. Uh, did you see, well, they're having a, they're having a virtual inauguration this year for obvious reasons. Uh, but Culver Academies, remember we talk about them pretty much every year. They always ride in the inauguration parade. They're out of, uh, I think, Illinois. Okay. Well, and uh, their black horse troop is riding again in the parade, but they're doing it. They're videotaping it and sending it off. And I guess what they're going to do with the bands and all that stuff, because there's no parade, is they're going to do it as a TV show kind of thing during the inauguration and play all of these separate uh, videos. So they've been practicing since October, thinking they were going to go to Washington. And of course, they're not. And they've been in every one for like the last 17 inaugurations or something. It's crazy. Uh, So they are going to do a virtual uh, video. And if you're watching the inauguration, you should probably see them. So that's the Culver Academy's Black Horse Troop. Cool. I know you 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 did an inauguration years ago with the group out of Lexington, so you kind of know what that's like. I did. I I was in the President Clinton's second inaugural parade with the Mustang horse troop that I taught with inner city kids. We taught them riding lessons at the Kentucky Horse Park, and so it was hours and hours of sitting in the mall with wild children and wild horses, and uh, it was fun. <laughs> That's the problem with those big parades is you end up a lot of time just waiting, just waiting and waiting and waiting for it oh, to yeah. get started. Uh, today on the show, Samantha Clark is back. Of course, my co-host for the WEG shows, uh, two of them that we did over the years. She's going to be here with her first monthly UK report. We have attorney Jury, uh, Julie Firstman. She helps us dis- demystify 48 state equine liability acts. We Perfect. have a study show. Yes, I was able to put together a study show show for today and some weird news and i know the listeners have helped you out with that as well they so. did all of it including you so thank you guys all <laughs> you didn't because have to do your homework i didn't have to do any homework this morning it was amazing well good for you Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> well, happy birthday to our auditors, Lorene, Lorene Barden. It's her birthday. Lorene. <laughs> happy birthday, Lorene. Katie Kelly, Lilla Hewitt, and Mary Kitzmiller, who will be here tomorrow with Jennifer on her birthday. So happy birthday to Mary. See, we make people work on their birthdays. Reese had to record her show yesterday, too, the dressage show, and it was her birthday. So we don't give you any time off. Well, my daily Winnie goes to somebody who's very special, the author of many, many books. <laughs> and um, so, so we're on the plane yesterday. Um, what I did was I hopped on uh, an airplane here in Oklahoma City and Lucas and I flew down to Dallas where Chad was going to meet us in Dallas to pick us up and take us to San Diego. Okay. So in his private jet he... in, in, in an American airlines <laughs> plane, which is really big. He flies really big planes. I was pretty surprised. And, uh, so we were on the plane and, and we're, you know, I mean, they pull Lucas up to the cockpit and he gets to push all these buttons and it, it got wings. It was one of those like super cool experiences got that to wear kids the little get headphones I on planes. Yeah. yeah, he wore the headphones. He thought it was so cool. Everything was amazing. And so obviously dad is the coolest dad in the world. So then we go and we sit down and Chad gets on the PA. Oh God. <laughs> we were wondering if he would do this. He got on the PA on the first flight and he's like, reads all the things he's supposed to read. And he was like, by the way, we have some very special guests. And I was like, oh boy. And he was like, veterans and first responders. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> we also have another special guest or two. I would like to say that my smoking hot wife and <laughs> handsome son are in row 13. And oh, he like even pointed out the them. row. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And everybody stood up and they're like looking like, is that you? Is that you? And I was like, of course, I'm ducking in the row because it's hard to embarrass me, but that if anybody can embarrass me, it's Chad. So my smoking hot wife and son, <laughs> handsome son, are sitting in row 13, blah, blah, blah. So my daily Winnie does not go out to Chad. It does not go out to Lucas. It goes out to our dear friend, Lisa Wysocki. And oh. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I had taken my book, my new book that she wrote, um, to be on the show uh, or to read while I was on the plane. And I am mentioned in the book a ton. Like about 80 times. It, like you were like in the second page. <laughs> was like, yeah, I was, I was, I'm in a lot of that book. I'm about halfway did through it. Did it surprise you? Because when I was surprised, we, we're usually later in the book. <laughs> but, you came, you came in it a lot. I mean, it's, it's good reading. Cause I mean, I'm pouring through it, but I'm reading it. And, and Lucas is like, I show him and he's like, oh, you're in the book. What do you mean? You're in the book. Are you a main character? And they, it's like a whole thing of main characters in the beginning explaining who everybody is. And I was one of those people that was being explained. And then I'm reading the book and I'm, I, I'm so, I, I'm in the book like a ton. You know, it's not just like mentioned. I'm literally a character in the book, me and Zeus. And so while dad is flying the plane, Lucas and I are reading the book and, um, <laughs> I, I'm in it. Like, he's like, mom, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. Mom, you're like famous. And here I am like, yeah, what's up, Chad? Suck it. <laughs> so you got some cred too after dad got all the cred. That's well, good. I feel like I stole it, which was fantastic. <laughs> 
So what, what is the name of the most recent book that you're reading? So we can give a plug for Lisa. The name of the book is The Rain Equation, and it came out in November. And yeah, it was super cool. I'm not done with it yet. but Oh, you don't know whether you're the murderer that... yet, do you? No, I still could be the murderer. Now, the one I thing we did know. announce with Lisa here is that you are suspected. I Oh, yeah, I am yeah. suspected. And Lucas has been saying repeatedly, Mom, you can't murder anybody. <laughs> you're not the murderer. You didn't kill that guy. Because I'm reading it, and he's she, Lucas is like, why did you kick that guy in the nuts? Because <laughs> apparently I kicked the guy yeah. who got murdered, so that makes me a suspect. And he was like, Mom. "By the way, that was the most believable part of the book is the fact that you would do that." <laughs> yeah, pin me up against a tree. Really, let's see what's going to happen there. That Burn whole up. thing was hilarious. Actually, yeah. I, I laughed at that part. <laughs> yeah, it was I great. See so, you doing it. <laughs> the rain equation. This sucked the coolness factor out of the pilot and threw it back to me, who was sitting on the back of the plane. So thank you, Lisa. You get my daily winnie. There you go. Thank you, Lisa, for writing a book and including us many, many times. We were, we were an integral part of this one. Well, and this is the third book of hers that we made an appearance in. But by far, this one, we're really in. So... Uh... Yeah, uh, it was great. And then uh, the the cool part was Zeus, she just nailed him. Yes, I mean, <laughs> like every every time they mentioned me, like, like, oh, Jamie's not here. She had to go chase Zeus down who <laughs> got himself out of the thing and ran, ran off. I'm like, God, it's like she's get out of my barn. Lisa. Jeez. <laughs> She does listen to the show, too. So thank you, Lisa. We appreciate it. And you can find all of her books on Amazon. Go go check them out. Well, Stable Scoop's coming back tonight, as I mentioned, 7.30 Eastern Time. You can find it on the Horse in the Morning Facebook, the Stable Scoop Facebook, Horse Radio Network Facebook, and the Auditors. It'll be in the Auditor Room, too. We're doing it as a live Facebook Live and then putting the auditor out, or the audio out on the Stable Scoop feed. Sorry I'm a little mixed up today. My Lyme is kicking in. I rather hope my Lyme would have gone away during all of my issues, but it didn't. It wasn't sitting in your colon. It's no. weird. Apparently not. I, was, I told the doctor, can you cut that piece out? But apparently he messed up. Um, but I did manage to put a study show together for new listeners. For years, we've done this segment where I go on to Google and I put in study show and I look over the last month and see what kind of weird stuff we've spent money on that we already knew the answer to. And this could be studies about anything. And uh, I have a list for you. Now, what I usually do is read the beginning and Jamie tries to guess what the what the actual study was about, the punchline. Uh, and sometimes she gets it right and sometimes it's so bizarre she doesn't get it right. I haven't done it for the last couple of months because every study was COVID. And yeah. there still are a lot of pages of COVID studies, but I, I didn't include any of those. I tried to dig through those COVID studies to find actual study, other studies that were being studied. So here we go. Are you ready? Oh, God. Okay. All right. First one. <laughs> I picked this one just for you. Uh, clowns improve well-being of? No one. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer. Jamie loves clowns, by the way. She thinks they're the most fantastic things ever. Yeah. Did you have a bad clown come to a birthday party? Why, why, why do you have this clown issue? Everybody has clown issues, Glenn. It's not just me. <laughs> well, the study said clowns improve the well-being of hospitalized children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My guess I is... scare them half to death and then they're <laughs> magically healed because they want to get out of the hospital and not ever see a clown again. That shows you how bad these kids are off because they think a scary clown is better than they're, what they're being treated for. So maybe in exactly. most cases that's true. Uh, again, this is studies that we've wasted money on because we already knew the answer to them. Studies show time spent in the wild could reduce... Weight gain. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true too. Uh, this was mental stress. 
So let's let's analyze that. Again, I don't read the articles. I just read the headlines. You spend some time hiking in the woods and it's going to help you be less mentally stressed. Big surprise there. Um, we could have told you that, all of us horse people. Too much studies show that too much time on social media could... Um, too much time on social media could, I mean, if I'm given a right answer, too much time on social media could make you feel bad about yourself. Increase depression. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. Could increase the risk of depression. Like we need, especially this year. <laughs> I think this mm-hmm. year definitely would do that. Uh, this week might be able to do that for you. Uh, but I think we already knew that. I think that's one they didn't have to spend any money on. Studies show happiness helps improve. You're going to love this one. Happiness helps improve, I don't know, your love life. Well, it probably helps with that, too. Studies show that happiness helps improve your life. So let's analyze that. You're happier and your life is better. No kidding. That's a really stupid study. Somebody paid money for that? (laughs) So I would take the opposite of that. Studies show that unhappiness helps unimprove your life. That would be wow, pretty clear, that too. that was deep, yeah, boss. Yeah, deep. I know, I know. Three new studies show weight loss isn't all about... Weight loss isn't all about carbohydrates that you consume, Chad. Leave me alone. <laughs> I want to eat a dang piece of sourdough toast with Marmite on it. Have you folded your... You haven't folded yet? No. How about beer? He's... You pulled it on beer? No, when I was in the airport, and you know how hard it is to not drink beer in the Fancy airport, hotel. but... Yeah. Yeah, I was good. Well, studies show eating an orange. Oh, by the way, oh, the three new studies show weight loss isn't all about diet and exercise. Apparently, no, there's see? other things involved. Suck it, Chad. <laughs> studies show eating an orange helps protect against scurvy. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that was pretty obvious from the old days. Studies show eating an orange helps to burn fat and power up immunity. So basically what that says is oranges are good for you. Again, didn't we know that? That was pretty Yeah, that's pretty that's clear. not a yeah. new study. Studies show what what there's a couple of things we always have in study shows every month and one of them is well, I don't know, talking about uh marriage or sex life or marijuana. Yep, marijuana. Studies <laughs> show marijuana uses vary with the seasons. Some people use their marijuana more in other than in some seasons than others apparently. The guy I listen to his podcast, he like loves football and he gets very wound up and he's decided that to keep his uh himself better for football games, he eats gummy bears, those like pot oh. gummy bears before <laughs> the football games. He's like, I take it so much better. <laughs> I kind of think I would talk faster. Studies show social media users are social media this users. This is the dumbest one on the list, by the way. Oh, I don't know. Influencers? Well, kind of. Studies show social media users are fueling fake news. Oh, wow. Well, Let's do if you're not on that. social media, you're not fueling anything, right? So, and how do you fuel fake news if you're not on social media? That's It is social media people that are fueling fake news because they're the ones on social media. Yeah. We spent money on that. Uh, this is a one that we don't get too often. Uh, studies show chewing gum is good. For weight loss. Probably true, but this study said... <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> so you're, you're all on a weight loss kick here today. Studies show chewing gum is good for your teeth. How many times did our parents tell us that chewing gum constantly is not good for your teeth? Gonna rat your teeth That's out. That's right. Now it's apparently good for your teeth. So there you go. Studies show that having a hobby helps... 
can you tell I'm hungry? I'm like leading all of these <laughs> towards food. The, what was this again? Studies show that having a hobby helps. Ward off depression. Well, yes, yeah, kind of. Studies show that having a hobby helps your health. So and apparently, the reason I say that is because obviously I have a t-shirt that says I ride my therapist every day. Horses are a hobby for many people, and apparently they help your health. Like, we already knew that. We're horse people. Studies show that... Oh, what's the other thing that we always have in every study show? We have marijuana and... I mean, like I said, sex, marijuana, and weight loss. And coffee, right? And, oh, coffee. Coffee and then wine is almost in everyone. Now, two more. Studies show hot beverages increase their cancer risk. Now, how many studies have we had over the year that said coffee is good for you and coffee is bad for you? A hundred. So now it's bad for you. you. Now it's bad for us again, apparently. Oh. Yep. And this is the one that I like the best. Studies show fast food can help you... Um, get your kids to quiet down in the backseat <laughs> of the car? Yeah, you, you buy them the large french fries, don't you? Just so they last longer. Studies show fast food can help you lose weight fast. No, it cannot. What? Apparently, according to this study, fast food helps you lose weight. That is I don't read the articles. I just report the headlines. That's my job here. So the, <laughs> there's the latest bizarre list of studies show right here on Horses in the Morning. There's nowhere else you're going to get that quality entertainment right there. I mean, nowhere. we're here to help you. And JB has a crappy list off. later to just, uh, or crappy news later, just, well, you have weird news later, don't you? Weird, yeah, it's weird, weird news. news. Yeah. So uh, weird news coming up too, if you're. If you're all studied out. And one of them later. does talk about fast food restaurants at McDonald's. So, yeah. Yep. So, large fry, keeps the kid quiet, and, and he loses weight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about state line tech. All right. Outerwear. By the way, did you see the note on the auto rim? You probably didn't. I didn't really. Ariat. I never knew that Ariat was named after Secretariat. Yeah, that's the area. But I didn't know. I did read that in the auditor's Facebook page um, that the three horseshoes that are the logo of area represent the Triple Crown. I didn't know I that. I didn't know that either. I didn't know any of that. And I've been selling Ariats for one way or another for 20 years. <laughs> no idea. Well, you can get some outerwear right now on sale over at StatelineTech.com. They have, they even have carrots and they have Ariat. They have Outback outerwear, a lot of different carrots items on sale uh, for up to 37% off. Here I see 33% off. And that's all the different mid-length coats and jackets you can ride in. They even have some men's jackets, Outback trading, uh, that are on sale over there right now. They have the Equine Couture Element Rain Jacket, which is very popular. I've seen a lot of these down here, actually. Uh, and that's on sale for 25% off. Just all kinds of outerwear. You're cold right now. It's snowing in many parts of the country. There's another big storm projected. So go get all of your outerwear needs on sale at statelinetech.com. There are three paid pages yeah three pages of outerwear not on sale mostly ladies but they do have some men's stuff uh and they have uh the thermo pants and their uh, uh red and goat hood, hooded insulated jumpsuit also i met those people they're very nice two two uh riders two young riders actually started that company and it's a really cool company so check it out right now at statelinetech.com
So you took this little trip. Uh, you got to fly with Chad, or rather Chad flew you in his mm-hmm. big airplane. I was surprised at the cockpit pictures you posted that there's so many less buttons than there used to be in the old days in cockpits. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Because yes. I was like, the, the lady goes to Lucas, do you want to be a pilot someday? And Lucas goes, no, there's too many buttons. <laughs> and I saw him wanting to press a lot of the buttons in a little video. I did see that. He did, it was stressing me out. I'm like, stop trying to push everything. <laughs> he kept wanting to push the red or yellow button. I forget which one it was. And Chad kept going, don't press that button. <laughs> don't press that one. Not and then finally button. he goes, Lucas, that's the eject- ejection seat. Don't I saw, I heard that. <laughs> That's funny. So it must have been a thrill for Chad to fly Lucas too. Oh my gosh. He said it just made his whole trip because usually, you know, he's gone for three or four days at a time. And so basically he was gone for a day or two and then we just popped in on the trip and he felt like all of a sudden the trip was, was over because we were there even though he was still working. So he was really thrilled and it was really sweet to see how the American Airlines employees really were so excited that somebody came on the flight and, um, I, I did get a hot tip from a flight attendant. Okay. So I'm I'm sitting there and the the flight attendant comes up to me. She's like, come into the back and chat with us when you have time. Because they're they're not really doing anything. There's no beverage yeah, service no, or anything. There's not any food either. So I mean, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. So the, these women, um, I come back there and I was like, wait, how long have y'all been with the company? And one was like 57 years. The junior, the most junior out of San Diego had been with the company for 37 years wow. on that flight. The one of the flight attendants, they they have like a ranking order of number one all the way down, you know, and that's how they bid everything. Well, she was number one. And I guess if you're going to be number one, where else will you want to live? San Diego. Yeah, so right. these women were living really well in San Diego and, and have been with the company forever. And uh, they said something about giving gifts to the flight attendants. And I was like, what? People give gifts to the flight attendants? She was like, no, just usually flight attendants will bring on flight attendants gifts. And I said, I didn't know about that. She's like, yeah, it's kind of a thing. She's like, if you really want to break it down, here's what you do. There's usually four flight attendants on each flight on these bigger planes, you know? Uh, And if you bring gifts, cookies, chocolates, just something small, you will drink for free the entire flight. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, so hot tip, everybody. If you want to get your drink on, all you have to do is bring four little cookies or chocolate bars or chocolate things for your flight attendants. And then uh, your flight will be, uh, you'll be taken care of. Uh, I did learn that. But you know what was amazing is, and the reason we chose to go to San Diego, even though it's, you know, beautiful all year round was the fact that Chad said, this is the nicest hotel that they get put up in, in the entire country. And it's a place called, I think the Westgate hotel. Oh yeah. And it's really usually pretty nice. Oh my God. But he's like, he's like, just don't think that I live in this opulent world. Okay. <laughs> because like, this is not how it goes usually. Um, but we got out into the hotel and oh my God, I felt like I was in an episode of Bridgerton. So like, <laughs> What is happening here? Why am I in this place? Of course, you have to wear a mask everywhere. So it kind of like, and a lot of the places are closed and the restaurants were closed inside the hotel. Otherwise, yeah, you would have toured the whole place. Right now, right? California is super locked up. So we, but when we got there, uh, it was just amazing to say this place had, I mean, they must have had a million dollars worth of chandeliers. This place was ridiculous. And the furniture and the wall art. And, uh, you know, there's like tapestries on the wall instead of 
wallpaper. It was just ridiculous. And so I did post some pictures of the uh, place that the place that I went. If uh, you're friends with me on Facebook, you can see all of them. And and it was just really cool to have Chad in the in the cockpit, and and he's like, you know, well respected and stuff. Like, yeah, it's weird. To they actually me. like him. <laughs> they do. And what's really strange is if you think about it, he was in the military for like 22 years and now he's an airline pilot. And I said to him, I'm like, you have no idea how weird it is to go to work every day of your entire life in a uniform. Think oh, about true. that. Yeah. He has had to wear a uniform forever. Forever, forever. He has had to wear a uniform to work with like buttons and pins and things Ties. on the shoulders oh. and ties now he wears a tie i mean he was a fighter pilot he wore footy pajamas basically but like flame retarded footy footy pajamas now he has to wear all these i mean it's it's, it's well i have an so important question different. about his skills is he a captain now is he in, is he in the right or left no, seat no he's okay. in the right seat he's a first officer so he's, now, he's a child so how was the takeoff and landing was it smooth or did he jar you uh on the landing Oh, are you kidding me? He's like, did you feel that? It was like, let it on glass. I mean, come Yeah, he on. wasn't going to screw that one up. No, no. And I was like, I don't know. You had to break really hard on the, the first flight into San Diego. He's like, yeah, it's because there's a parking garage across and I have to land like in between apartment buildings. And, and he's like, yeah. Israeli. And then he, you know, so he did all the flying because they usually take turns that first officer will take off and land. And the next flight, the captain takes off and lands and then they all kind of switch jobs. But he made sure he because he was showing off. He got to do both. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. Good for him. That is so cool. That is cool. It was really cool. I mean, he's got your son's going to remember that forever. Yeah. And the thing is, he got to get out of school. I picked him up from school on Monday. We went to the airport. We flew. I'm exhausted. I mean, that is, I told him, I was like, good God, I couldn't do this job. This is exhausting. You have to like (laughs) go to the airport, go through security, get on a plane, wait your turn, then come up. Then you got to get off and then you got to get on your, whatever's going to take you to your hotel, check in your hotel. I don't know. All of that is exhausting. I am glad that there are people that like to do that kind of job because it is not me. I was like, we're so excited so different about stuff so he's like yeah well, i do fine. have one more question before we get to our guest was the flight full no 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 that's why i chose these flights and 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 the flight to dallas and oklahoma city is you know it, it got pretty full but the ones to san diego to cal anything to california had like 100 seats yeah open. because they're all buttoned up over there and you're supposed to quarantine and all that stuff so yeah you can't go to california so there was that's why another reason we chose that it was like well this will be easy to get on and off i had first class lucas and i first class on the way back it was great (laughs) (laughs) well i'm so glad you got to do that i'm a little jealous too of lucas by the way Oh, <laughs> sitting in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what? You did get to dogfight on F-16. I did. I did. Thing, so. We did. We did do that. And you killed me many times, if I remember right. <laughs> it's like... I've got skills. It's in the, my blood. <laughs> All right. Let's talk law here a little bit with a regular guest of ours, attorney Julie Firstman. Uh, she's going to join us today and talk a little bit about the 48 state equine act activity liability laws every state has their own she's going to talk about what they do and don't do and then we'll find out if jamie's using the right one there in oklahoma so uh we'll talk about that coming up yeah i hope she has that written down well julie welcome back to the show we appreciate you being here well thank you for having me what state are you in again you're up there in the north someplace aren't you i'm in michigan yeah why is my first question (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't have to answer that. That's okay. Uh, so, so Julie's been on our show before, and we usually have an interesting legal topic to discuss. I know Wednesday's usually health day, but we're going, we're going legal today. And today we're talking about the 48 states equine liability acts. Does every state have their own equine liability act? I mean, is it completely different everywhere? There's a pattern. The pattern is in most states, but then there are these outliers with very unique laws. Examples would include the state of Arizona and um, Virginia. Those are unique, and Connecticut is all of a paragraph. So you do have the outlying ones that uh, the governments just kind of did something completely different, and New York's is much different from the rest of them. That's the newest one. But there is a pattern that most of them follow, and that's what I always talk about, because you kind of use that to get an idea of what these laws do. All right, well, let's hear it. Well, we can talk briefly about the good news and the bad news, I guess, or the good news and the not-so-good news. Well, the good news is that when you think about the 48 in general, um, most of them in the general pattern begin with a a section that says there's no liability if a participant is injured from an inherent risk of an equine activity. And then these laws go into detail about what an inherent risk means. So the good news is if all you read is a piece of most of these laws and you see this mention of no liability for inherent risks, you you feel pretty good about these laws. And a a quick example, the definition of inherent risks, um, found in most of the laws in the definition, it says an inherent risk is defined as the propensity of an equine to behave in ways that may result in injury, death, or damage to people on or around them. That's one part of it. Another one right. says, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that covers a lot. The unpredictability of an equine's reactions to sights, sound, and sudden movements, and, and it goes on. So they start with kind of a bang, and you think, wow, these are just very powerful laws that will cut everything out. Then you get into the not-so-good news, and I'm happy to share that with you. Okay. Okay. Well, most of the laws, again, there's there are differences, but the pattern tends to be that there are any number of six different things that people can sue for. People who are participants, that is, in the laws, can sue for. Um, I'll be brief, and if you'd like more explanation, I'll roll with it. The first one found in, I think, most of the laws is if you provide tack or equipment that is faulty, and you, the one who provided it, knew or should have known that the tack was faulty and that problem caused injury, death, or damage, Well, the laws say that you could be liable. Even if there's an inherent risk, this may override it. So stirrup breaks, rider falls off, hurts themselves. Uh, They technically could claim that, right? That's, frankly, a predictable argument that that can be made. I don't know if that particular one has been. The odd thing is, as you can imagine, lawyers have had a blast fighting out what's faulty tech or equipment and one of the examples where lawyers just got, uh, couldn't agree, and frankly, frankly the judges can't either, is if you provide a horse that's saddled up, but the stirrups are not of proper length, is an improperly uh, adjusted height of a stirrup faulty tack. There's nothing wrong with the stirrup leathers. There's nothing wrong with the stirrups, but it's just not adjusted right. That's been one of the issues that courts hmm. have fought about on whether what faulty tack or equipment qualifies as. Hmm, you know what? I'm I'm thinking of this like I have one border and I let them use a kid saddle. Now, no more. Sorry. Well, <laughs> it gets to an issue of whether these liabilities can be waived. And many states say that you can. 
include a waiver to release liabilities like well, the one I just Well, that was going to be my question. If the law's there anyway, like in Florida, we have to hang the sign up that says you come on this property and you, my horse kills you, we're not liable. Um, but <laughs> why then in states like Florida, like we have those signs up, and I know Kentucky we did and all that, why in states like that do we still have to get them to sign a document if overall there's this law anyway? Well, that's another thing that I would like to get to, other okay. than the six different exceptions. A lot of the states do say you have to do one or the other, which is either post the sign, include the language in your contracts. Usually if you're an equine professional, you have to repeat that warning language. Some states say you have to do both. But the warning language that the the law says goes into your contracts, if you're a professional, is not a release of liability. That's just a piece of your release uh, release of liability. And the way I view it, even if your state has an Equine Liability Act, if your state enforces liability waivers and releases, use one. You don't have to be a professional to use one. Even the average horse owner who takes a friend trail riding can use one as long as it's properly worded and signed. Oh, and while you're at it, include the language in the Equine Liability Act um, if that language applies to you. Or if you're me, if the law has language for releases and waivers, like the warning language or anything else, my view is throw that in too. There's never a downside, as I see it, to putting in that language. And let's face it, the point is that, that the state legislatures want to make sure that anybody who is participating in a horse-related activity knows that there's a law and knows that there can be risks. So what were some of the other things besides the tack being faulty? Absolutely. The one that generates the most litigation is the second exception. And this is found in, I think, most of the laws. And it says that you could be liable if you provide an equine, but you fail to make reasonable and prudent efforts to determine the participant's ability to engage safely in the equine activity. Yeah, that's a loaded phrase. But as I view it, this is a rough description. It's kind of a mismatched horse and rider exception, Mm -hmm. although it has applied to other settings. And what it really comes down to is know your horse, know your rider. And that exception refers to, you know, things that you probably ought to do. If it doesn't say it, it suggests it, uh, that make the, make a determination reasonably and prudently that the person who is engaging in the equine activity, whatever it is, can do it in a safe manner. Well, can't make sure everything is safe with horses. Anything can tick off the horses, we know. But it does mean that you have to do something more than just say, run off with the horse. You have to do some thinking before you make that match. Yeah, gotcha. We don't want the green horse on the green, or the green rider on the green horse. It's, that's <laughs> we don't Pretty, want that. Um, what, what's an, what's another one? You said there were six. Next one is the land one. The next one is dangerous conditions of the land, and that exception generally reads: if you own, lease, rent, or are in lawful possession of land or facilities with a dangerous latent, and that's not obvious condition, and somebody, uh, oh, and you don't post a warning sign about it, and somebody gets hurt from it, well, you might be liable. There are not a lot of cases on that. There have been a few, but it generally comes down to areas where people ride. If you know there's a problem, you need to do something. Rope it off. Warn people about it more than just posting those (laughs) equine liability warning signs. Like Um, what? Like what? Like mud or a sinkhole or quicksand or what? I frankly would view quicksand exactly as a dangerous latent condition. Yeah, and it, it exists. There, there are theories in the U.S. where it does exist. You know what, though? Quicksand is one of those people that your parents warned you about when you were a kid. It's like, you know, be, be aware of quicksand. So you grew up 
fearing quicksand. I have never seen any quicksand. And my entire adult life, I've never come across quicksand. So, you know, it's, maybe but it's one of those seen things it that and you didn't know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but it is one of those things your parents and grandparents scare you with. And then you grow up fearing that you're going to die in quicksand someday. But I really have never met any. And I live okay, in Florida so, where there probably so, is some. <laughs> so bad footing. What else, what, what other things? Well, the, the other exceptions, we're getting down to the last of them. Uh, this exception is hard to satisfy, but it's used. And this is an exception in many of the laws for gross negligence or willful and wanton misconduct. And that is a serious degree of wrongdoing. And that is one of the exceptions that, frankly, finds its way into lawsuits a lot. And the reason is, in most states that will enforce releases, you can't release away gross negligence and willful and wanton misconduct. So if you're a lawyer who sues horse people, you get a two-for-one. You can invoke that exception. Uh, let's assume the facts support it because they don't always. And in the process, you can try uh, your, your hand at overriding a release. So that is an exception that you wouldn't think is used much, but it is and it doesn't always succeed. Ready for the last two? Yeah, yes. and, and I think partly because these are so broad. I mean, they do. Yeah, they up, really you, are. Yeah, it's not, you could almost translate every one of these exceptions into any situation. Not always. When you're dealing with gross negligence, willful and wanton misconduct, because I litigated this all the way to the Court of Appeals years ago, when you're dealing with that type of wrongdoing, Let's face it, it is so extreme that not everything satisfies it. Okay. And in the case I handled, it was a uh, rental horse rental stable. The rider was getting off of the horse. The end of her ride had come, and she was dismounting. Stable staff got distracted, wasn't watching the horse. So the horse took a couple steps, and the rider fell down. Well, it's unfortunate that the uh, stable hand got distracted. It's unfortunate the horse took a couple steps. But in the eyes of the law, the judge said, that's not gross negligence, and that's not willful and wanton misconduct, and the Court of Appeals agreed. So it does take a lot more than just okay. looking away, not paying attention. Uh, next exception, number five, is intentional misconduct. I have yet to see that invoked. Uh, if uh, a person sues and they know the other side has insurance, that is to say the one they want money from, you don't want to sue for intentional misconduct because liability insurance policies have intentional acts exclusions. So, you know, I don't think there are any examples of cases for intentional misconduct. But, hey, we, we would agree it belongs in a law. Somebody intends to hurt someone, don't go hiding behind a law. And here comes the big one. Number six, this is only in a small number of states, but this is an exception for negligence. And I've seen that in um, states that would include Virginia, Florida, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, Kentucky, Kansas, New Mexico, Rhode Island, um, I think there may be one that I'm missing on that. But what that means is that if there is evidence of a negligent act, well, despite the sequine liability law, the case might be able to proceed. And that's a long discussion in and of itself. Um, but the other thing about these laws that you touched on is the signposting and the contract language requirements. And there are a small number of laws, not in all states, that say if you're supposed to post the warning sign and if you're supposed to repeat the language in your contracts but you drop the ball and you don't do it, these states, and it's typically states in the uh, southeastern United States, these state laws say you lose benefits in the law. You cannot invoke the immunities in the law. So there are a small number of states that have very powerful laws that push you into 
compliance. And so it's important to keep up with it. Julie, I have a question. Do you have a horse? Presently, no. <laughs> but I'm hoping to get one soon. Okay, so so you but you've Jamie had a can horse help me with that before. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> but do, you've had a horse before, right? Many, yes. Okay, well, knowing what you know, would you ever let somebody ride your horse? I would. Okay, I there would. you go. All right, so it's not it's not all like I'd be like. Mm, do you no, use this? Do you have them sign something, Jamie, when they come into your property? Yes, yeah. I have a sign, and they release. have to sign a release. Yeah. Okay. I That's mean, it a really doesn't good hurt. Idea. It can't, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have them do that, right? I mean, it, you have it then. Uh, well, there are a few, a very small number of states that don't like releases, but the overwhelming majority of states do. And as long as you've covered all the things you need, why not? And a good release, I think, will warn people of risks. So when you take your cousin for a trail ride and your cousin doesn't know anything about horses, that release could be an educational tool because it can remind them all the things that horses can do. And then, of course, the Equine Liability Act warning language. Sometimes in states, that language needs to be pretty uh, pretty detailed, like Ohio. In Ohio, it requires that you list inherent risks. So if somebody signs a release with that language, they're getting a, an eyeful, I guess, of, of a list of risks. So absolutely. It lists separately every bone that you could break. It lists them all separately. Here's all the bones it, you could break. Literally, because mine says that too. It's like you could you could be dismembered. You could be decapitated. Your arms could fall off. I mean, it like goes into it. So hey, we're running out of time here, guys. So, Julie, I know you had uh, a fourth book that you just put out. Uh, where can people find that? Well, thank you. It's on Amazon.com, and it has the same title of my first two, which is Equine Law and Horse Sense. You'll know you have the book if there's this gorgeous bay thoroughbred on the cover. If you see that, you'll know you've got the brand new book, and it's already won three national awards, including wow. American Horse Publications uh, Equine you. Media Award last year. And I, I will put the link to the Amazon uh, book page right here in the show notes. So you can have, I'm just doing that right now, so I didn't forget. Uh, we will put that in the show notes uh, for after the show. If you want to find Julie's book, you can find it there. It's called Equine Law and Horse Sense. Thank you for stopping by. So basically on Wednesdays, we usually do a health report that scares the crap out of us. And today we're doing a law report that scares the crap out of us. This apparently is we're going to scare the crap out of you segment Wednesday. Uh, so uh, thanks for that. That's, that's right. That's it. That's great. <laughs> Julie, I'll call you later. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. And I'll put a link to your, uh, your equine law firm. Where did, where can they go for that? Absolutely. Appreciate that. And that's equine law dot, uh, net net. You are correct. All right. Good. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate it. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. Well, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Equiderma. Equiderma wound ointment is a must-have in your medicine cabinet. It visibly amplifies wound healing, stops proud flesh from developing, minimizes scarring, reduces pain, and it'll keep flies out of the wound. You'll find that with consistent use, you'll see a noticeable progression of steady healing every day. Plus, it's a great treatment regimen for common skin rashes and sores. Also, side note, it's really lovely on your hands. Find all of that and the Equiderma products at equiderma.com, E-Q-U-I-D-E-R-M-A.com.
I have got to thank a pile of people for sending me weird news. Glenn included, of course. Lindsay has sent me a, a story. Rochelle sent me a story. And Danielle, y'all are just my favorite people today, especially since I woke up late and I had to get my kid off to school. How is it possible, Glenn, that I can get my kid up, dressed, make lunch, and feed him breakfast in the time it takes Chad to get his golf clothes on? It's not <laughs> It's ridiculous. I just wanted to vent a little bit. All right. (laughs) So we're going to start by heading um, over to England. There is a woman that had a, her mounting block. Okay. So it was in her, like in her garden, but she also used as a mounting block as a marble slab. And she would always just walk up to it, use it to hop on. For 10 years, she has been using this marble slab as a mounting block. Okay. Okay. Now, finally, I think maybe it just rained or she just got curious and noticed that it has some like intricate detailing on it. And I'm looking at it now and there's some writing and that's not in English. Um, There's some like wreaths adorned on it. And again, it's marble carving. So it's kind of hard to see. There's kind of like, you know, discolored and everything. Anyway, 10 years she's been using it. She finally noticed the wreath carved into its surface and decided to take the slab to an archaeologist who determined that the rock dates back to second century AD with possible origins in Greece and that it is worth potentially up to 20,000 pounds. That's like that's the most know, expensive mounting, mounting block, block ever. Twenty eight thousand dollars <laughs> American, I guess. I'm guessing, but yeah, she um now knows they they've done a lot of research about it. CNN did a news story on this, and uh, what's inscribed in the surface? It looks like Greek. The people and young men, Demetrios, son of Metrodoros of Lucius. <laughs> is described on the surface. So it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. And uh, now she's uh, not using it as a mounting block. No, I, I, I would classic. guess you would uh, put it at a safer <laughs> spot. <laughs> yeah. Kick your boots off on it. Yeah. You got mine. Yeah, don't walk yeah. on it anymore. <laughs> All right. For this weird news, we're going to go back to America. We're going to head to Texas. There's a... F- a place that sell, you know, those little bulldogs. What are they? The little, little bulldogs that are like millions of dollars. Those, those oh, little bull. I know bull what ter- you mean. Yeah, not bull terriers. No, something else. Anyway, there's a place called the Bully Camp, and I guess they're breeders of these dogs. Well, uh, they had um, a woman, Alice James, was sitting in in the uh, the puppy. I guess it's a puppy mill or puppy breeders, and she's showing a puppy off to some people that are interested in buying this exotic bully puppy. And she was doing some of the financing options, and she reached back to like grab a piece of paper to show the financing options, and the couple grabbed the puppy and ran. They took this puppy, busted out the door. Well, guess what Alice James does? She jumps up, don't take the puppy, runs out, and jumps on the hood of their car. Oh, no. This is a $10,000 This never goes puppy. well. <laughs> she jumps on the hood of their car. What do they do? Accelerate. Um, I guess she actually she was standing kind of in front of the car, telling them to stop. They accelerated. She was thrown onto the hood, held 
on to the hood of the car for over a mile, Glenn. A mile holding on to the front. Do you think at that point she's like, mm, maybe they could just have the puppy? Like, <laughs> I'm going to die over a puppy. So uh, she remained on this the hood. This is like an episode of Cops. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, and then the male passenger got out, punched her in the face and threw her off the vehicle and sped off. And what they didn't say is, I mean, it seems like they got the puppy because there's, there's still police are still trying to identify the man involved according to this news channel in Texas. But so, so did they get the puppy? It sounds like they got the puppy. Wow. That's a dangerous transaction. I'll never sell a puppy. Never sell a puppy. You know what's more dangerous? This next story. Okay. And again, thank you to all the listeners who sent this one. And I never would have found this one. Brave Russian farmer. We're going to head from Texas to Russia. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So this this Russian farmer is in the house and he hears uh, a, a ruckus outside and he goes outside and he sees a wolf. And this wolf has attacked his dog. Killed not one, not two dogs, and then goes and attacks a horse and is attacking this horse. Well, this man had no time to grab a gun. So he ran out and he's like, this wolf has killed my dogs. This wolf has killed, you know, attacked my horse. He's going to the cows next. The guy runs out and jumps on the wolf and kills it. With his bare hands, gets behind him, strangles this huge wolf to death with his bare hands, Glenn. I know. I saw and the picture. That wolf was large. I mean, it was a large wolf. It was a large Can wolf. Can you imagine? I don't know that I'd have the strength. Imagine the strength to hold him and strangle him at the same time. No. He's a, <laughs> I, that's when adrenaline kicks in is all of a sudden. I don't care how much adrenaline. Him. I wouldn't have the strength to hold a wolf. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. They have been doing, they have tested him now. He's being tested for rabies. I bet. <laughs> and um, I wanted to tell you that mass animal vaccinations have been carried out in the village of Novotroitsky, southwest of Birobizdan, the capital of Russia's Jewish autonomous region. I just wanted to say the city's names. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tough dude right there. Yeah. No Finally, we're going to go to McDonald's. Why wouldn't we have a weird news story that ends in McDonald's? And this is a McDonald's in New Jersey. Because it's good for you and it helps you lose weight. Yes, McDonald's helps you lose weight, according to to the the study show earlier. But uh, McDonald's in New Jersey came under siege by a flock of chickens. That started harassing drive-through customers and their cars. <laughs> and fortunately, Did your chickens get loose again. <laughs> uh, not in New Jersey. This is somebody else who has a mess of chickens. And um, yeah, so people were going through the drive-through, and these chickens are like pecking at their truck. Uh, and and I, I just have to read the township police department's tweet okay. because it says, earlier today we received a call for a flock of chickens wreaking havoc at our local McDonald's on Route 31. We immediately called our Animal Havoc Specialist, ACO Robbie, and the crowd goes wild. He quickly leapt into action and responded to the scene before perpetrators could fly the coop. See what we did there? (laughs) Upon arrival, he observed two suspect chickens harassing and chasing customers and pegging at car tires. We cannot confirm at this time if they were targeting specific customers 
those customers with chicken nuggets in yeah, hand. Oh, yeah, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Only the customers uh, with chicken nuggets. <laughs> Only the chicken nuggets. But I so, got you to wait, say, though, that the McDonald's chicken nuggets don't actually have any chicken in them. So I'm, I think know. they're safe. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. probably pretty safe. They did find the chicken owners and no charges were pressed. <laughs> Those aggressive chickens, thank God. They did say, the Washington did joke uh, in a later tweet that it was rumored this activity might be in response to McDonald's plan of offering, quote, three new chicken sandwiches in the near future. (laughs) That's funny. All right. If your senior dog has the mobility and spunk of a puppy, lucky you. But more likely, your senior dog is slowing down, maybe even suffering silently. We're excited to tell you about Dr. Busby's Encore Mobility, a new joint supplement for dogs that does more than just help the joints. It renews your dog's energy and spirit. Stop worrying about your senior dog slowing down. Go to drbusby.com and save 10% on Encore Mobility products using the promo code HRN. That's drbusby.com. And don't forget the coupon code HRN. <laughs> and joining us now, all the way from England, is our old friend and my old co-host, Samantha Clark. Hi, Samantha. Hey, if I knew I was going to get that sort of introduction, I would have moved back a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you are now living in England again. Yes, I'm in London, and um, it's not that exciting, to be honest. <laughs> What's <laughs> it's it been, like? Uh, it's like the apocalypse. It's um, it's British weather, which you can imagine. It's cold and dreary and grey and sort of dull and dark and damp, and there's a lot of walking around. I'll send you pictures that you can put on the Facebook page. <laughs> it's quite incredible. I've never really spent a lot of time in London before, and... Um, now that I've got, I'm here with my son and my dog and we're not allowed to see anyone or talk to anyone or nothing's open and it's empty. So I've been walking around Westminster and walking around all the parks and you really get to see sort of the city, uh, properly. It's, it's beautiful. (laughs) When nobody's in it, when there's no people, it's a beautiful city. (laughs) When you don't have to jostle around and there's not sort of people and tourists, you know, like walking down the South Bank and the North Bank and, you know, by the Houses of Parliament, usually, because I had been there once with the kids and we did the London Eye, but you could barely, you know, there's so many people there all the time. And now it's just completely empty. So it is quite amazing. And you're under a complete lockdown till when? We are on tier four lockdown we don't know uh maybe mid-february more likely oh easter gosh. which is beginning of april i know oh crazy so i know what about the all the professional riders that did they all get out while they could or are they still there or what? no they're still here they can train at home um i think british eventing announced that they were going to try and do some uh training competitions they hope that by mid-march they can have some events but i'm not sure and nor are they um a couple of the early events at the beginning of march have already cancelled i think um aston the wall's been cancelled epworth has been cancelled and uh yeah um Swaycliff at the end of march i think cancelled but um elite athletes can still travel and still train so i think they're traveling and training and i'm not sure if some of them will probably plan to go to portugal and get a lot done there instead because we're we're on a new for the sunshine of, tour in march we're on a new season of qualifiers for the olympics and you know that the right yeah. now is when you know they would be being looked at for the olympic team yeah yeah well it's tricky no one really knows i mean it's really bad here at the moment 
I so, thought, yes. So there's no horse shows and uh, people are training at home. And I did see, I found a list of the rules and regulations relating to barns over there. Uh, and basically, they don't even want you giving lessons and stuff, do they? I mean, no, there's no shipping in, there's no going in. I think, you know, even if your horse is on livery, you can't really go and ride it. So if you're boarding your horse, uh, you're screwed. <laughs> and I did see the United States just yesterday, was it, that said that they're going to make uh, testing mandatory for anybody flying into the United States, So, which we hadn't done in the past. So which I thought that's a little bit rich. It's a little late. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to want to go there? You've got it all there. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking from London where it's terrible too, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I mean that's we had a pretty hard year personally. I think everyone, you know, 2020 was rough for everyone and so my son and I made the big move to come over here where I thought at least we'd have support from my family and be able to sort of see everyone and um my grandmother and uh we've got here and we can't see anyone we can't do anything. Um uh, my grandmother sadly died right before Christmas. So <laughs> my son and I are stuck in this little apartment in London wondering what the hell we're doing. <laughs> so well, I don't know if that's a bit too much how old is your son now he is 17 okay so he's understanding all of that like, I mean 17 has got to be hard I mean is he able to go to school is he no Zoom school what's no. going on yeah we're doing school online so he hasn't made any friends he hasn't met anyone um he likes going to the gym and there's no gyms open we're basically stuck in this little apartment um yeah do you it's have like any we hair left Kentucky, or are you bald now? Um, it's pretty gray. <laughs> <laughs> Long oh, way from us yeah. a couple of years ago going to the World Equestrian Games, right? And try on. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. For new listeners, Samantha was my co-host on both of the World Equestrian Games shows and has been over on the eventing show and has been joining us here for a long time. So they're just training at this point, getting ready. Will there, I mean, will... If all goes well, you should have some qualifying uh, shows in England at some point. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think at the moment, the British Eventing website updated um, a few days ago and they said that they hope to have some events running in March. That they're, you know, keeping an eye on things. And because badminton still uh, thinks it's going to run, you know, behind closed doors with no spectators. So we're all hoping that will go ahead. But Obviously, the horses will need one or two runs before that. And then add to the COVID, you add the British weather. You, you know, you can't rely on that anyway. Last year, they had to cancel so many of the early spring events just because of the rain and the snow and the mud. So we're just crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. We haven't talked Good about it. Lord. <laughs> Can I have yeah. some positive coming out yes, of Yes, I, I yes. do. I have something for you. Positive. Okay, no, yeah. I'll tell you what's positive is that I walk, um, we're pretty close to Hyde Park. So I walk around Hyde Park, endless sort of laps and laps and laps. And I have seen so many horses since I've been here, practically more than I saw in Lexington. We swap like the horse park for Hyde Park. And um, there's a couple of riding schools that use Hyde Park. And I see them exercising their horses. There was We had one beautiful sunny day and they brought all the horses out we're just hand grazing them without their blankets on so that was cute and then I see the household cavalry all the time which is the most wonderful thing um before the before the lock before the tier four lockdown we were in tier three for a, a couple of weeks while I was here and you would see them all training literally like 20 horses at once training their drills and practicing because there are two sand arenas here and there's it's the rotten row which is this very very long wide track that goes all the way along um can't even remember from Ken Ken High Street to Sloan Square. Where. Anyway, but 
it's that has been the most wonderful romantic beautiful thing like to be walking along the park in the middle of the city and suddenly hear the clip-clop of hooves and looking behind you and seeing sometimes two horses four horses sometimes 10 horses that's been amazing oh that's pretty cool that is kind of yeah cool. yeah that is really neat and i do have I'll good send news. a video of that too i have good news for both of you i don't think jamie saw this yet but did you see that the uh land rover kentucky three-day event sent out an email yesterday Yes. No, what did it say? It said, we're going to try and do it uh, pending the state approval and the Kentucky Horse Park approval and the USEA approval. They're going to try and do it with a reduced crowd, although they said there may be no audience. But they're, as of this point, they're, they're saying they're going to go ahead in April. Yeah. Well, I want to tell Samantha, I don't know if you've heard, but, you know, you may want to tell some people that, you know, work in the London government that we actually have a vaccine here. And it's a thing. We have two happening. vaccines here, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, they have more than we do. <laughs> yeah, how's that working? Uh, it, you know, I think it's so slow close. going. They're starting with the over 80s, and then my mum's in her early 70s, and she's hoping by mid February she'll get something. But, you know, it's going to take a long time. Yeah, it is here too. And some states are doing it better than other states. And of co- guess which Florida falls into the good or bad of giving out vaccines? Uh, <laughs> 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 I th- we're not going to talk politics. No, no, no. We? We're not doing too well at that. Uh, so <laughs> I might get mine by August, I think. Well, Samantha, hopefully when we have you on next month, we can get uh, more of a report on something actually happening in England. Let's hope so. Well, let's hope so. Otherwise, I'll just um, keep videoing the horses and let you know. And yeah, let's just keep walking around and around. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a silver lining to all these bloody clouds. and <laughs> You know, we were lucky when we went to England last year on that trip and went to London. And we were two weeks in London and Scotland, and we had one rainy day in the two weeks. We were so lucky. It was the most lucky you time to be were. there. They saved them up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. Appreciate it. Okay, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. It's so hard for you and I, because we live in two of the most open states in the country, uh, to, to imagine what it's like in some places. I meant to tell her, could you make sure the queen gets a vaccine? Because she did I the really, other day. Okay. Her and uh, really hubby got the vaccine. Yep. Uh, her and Philip got their vaccines. And he's like almost 100. So I think he would have been high on the list to get, to yeah. get his. Yeah. They're, yeah. Both, they're both up there. Both over 90. Yep. And I know a lot, a lot, a lot of our listeners have are, are been posting about getting the vaccine because they're in the medical world. So good for you guys. I can't wait. I'll be in line as soon as I can. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We'll hang around. I have something to talk about with you uh, in the post show and involves small animal veterinarians. So I want to talk to you about that because Pickles had to go to the vet again. So we'll talk about that in the post show today. We'll be back tomorrow. Mary and Mary Kitts Miller, birthday girl and Jennifer will be here doing training. And then on Friday, we'll have a batch of really bad ads. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We have over $500 in prizes sponsored by horselovers.com for this month. So definitely get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. That's it for today, Jamie. All right, everybody, have a good one. Spay, neuter, and gelb. All right, we're out. So Pickles has been one of the most costly dogs we've ever had.
Really? <laughs> We've only owed her for two months, and she's been to the vet like four times. Why? So, well, we think she has a UTI going now because we're she's peeing all the time, and she had a UTI when we got her. She came with the medicine when we adopted her. Uh, and I th- we think it's back. I don't know if some dogs just get it all the time or what. So we, Jennifer had to bring her to the vet yesterday, which means you have to co- uh, collect a sample, right, of urine. Try doing that on a dog that's squeamish about everything anyway. And when they're squatting, you have to put something under their butt. And as soon as you do that, she stops peeing and will not pee for the next hour, right? So we had that to go through. Jennifer managed to accomplish that before going to the vet yesterday. And, of course, you have to sit outside at the vets now and they bring the dog in and everything. With your pee. With your pee. (laughs) So she hands over the pee and the dog. And then the dog comes out and they say, well, we can't tell until we get the results from the pee test. In the meantime, I always count on a $200 bill when you bring your dog to the vet. It's always $200 or more, right? It was $500 for the 10 minutes that dog was at the vet. It was $500. What did they do? Well, they did an exam, which means they just look at them, right, and check their heart, because that's all they really can do for this. Uh, And it was, they're charging $260 to do the report on the urine. I have to, I have to stop you here. (laughs) Because we have complained about vet bills at small animal clinics. And anytime we do that, we get some very nasty emails. Yes. Well, that's why I didn't do it in the uh, regular show. (laughs) Because Zenyatta cut her head and I had to take her in and they charged me $500 to glue it. If one of the horses had cut themselves, the vet would have came out, done the stitches and would cost you half of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I I hesitate because we did get, the last time you complained about small animal vets, we got so many nasty emails. But I just know I have to make a living. I get it. But <laughs> Oh, my God. It's amazing. I got charged $85 for hospitalization, and she was there like three hours. Yep. I was shocked. I expected it to be $250. I figured, you know, $100 for the test and $100 for the call, you know, and that kind of thing. But nope. <laughs> this is her fourth time at the vet since we got her in two months can you contact the rescue and just see if they're they can help you with things like this i mean you took a a dog that had the problem like it was a pre-existing condition to be fair they they did send her with her medicine that time you know so i don't know but it didn't work i would call (laughs) well it worked at the time i don't know if there's some dogs like Hey, otters might be able to help me with this. Are there some dogs that get constant UTIs all the time? Well, you know, see, I know when I was a vet tech, uh, a small animal, I mean, I'd have to walk behind the dogs and collect the urine too. Uh, you get right behind them and you have like one of these little tray things and you just, like, just put it right up under while they're not looking um, and then collect it. And then we would go sample it for crystals. And the dogs that had crystals in their urine, obviously that cuts their, their, um, urinary tract. It was more common. I, I can't remember to take like, cats or dogs, but uh, then they'd have to be on a certain type of food. Oh, so, okay. the, I mean, gosh, just Google what type of food for dogs with UTIs and just start buying it. Don't take her back until, until she's been <laughs> on that for a while. I've got to do something. Jeez. Uh, I, I've had enough uh, medical bills in the last uh, couple of months. I don't, we did God, get that to... sucked. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, Samantha is now sending over pictures of her and her dog and her son in England, in London. The place That's is fortunate. freaking empty. I mean, yeah. she's in front I, of I, Westminster and there's nobody. It's just... We were trying to find a place yesterday to eat in San Diego on in the morning for breakfast and nothing was open. Well, they're not allowed to be open, open, right? Except for outdoors yeah. even? I, yeah, they... we finally found a place that had like four tables outside. That you could sit Was at. The, were any of the hotel bars open? 
Not the one we were in. No? No. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. God, they got to get this vaccine out to people. Oh, got to get that done. It's the only way we're getting back to normal. Hey, oh, and she has pictures here. I'll post these in the auditor room of the guard practicing, too. Okay, God, cool. that's cool looking. They wear their full uniforms with that big top hat when they practice. I didn't realize that. I didn't think they'd be wearing that when they practice. But they do. They've got the top hat, the gold top hats and everything on. Huh. No. It looks cold and miserable. By the way, according to these pictures, it looks cold and miserable. Just like here. All right. All right. Well, let's get to it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.